Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. My name is Michael Kelly, and with us, as always, Mr. Nathan Bear. Nathan, how you doing? I'm just peachy, Mike, and happy to be here. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to have a spirited and in-depth conversation this evening, of course, on the film Rampage. And, and any initial thoughts, Nathan? Well, I just want to say, you know, initially when you said Rampage, I was like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I, I love that movie, but I don't really see how the William Friedkin movie from 1987 uh, really fits into the oeuvre of the Godzilla Podware Hour. However, after watching it on repeat for the last two weeks, I've come to realize the genius behind your suggestion and that it takes the concept of the kaiju and brings it down to the suburban horror level. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's got everything you want. I mean, it's directed by uh, William Friedkin, uh, Billy Friedkin, as uh, all of us in the biz like to call him, and uh, Alex MacArthur and uh, Nicholas Campbell. I mean, uh, it, it, I mean, need I say more? Yeah, um, no, that's, well, here's the thing, bud. Um, we are actually reviewing 2018's Rampage starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, with the with the kaiju in it, and uh, you know, so oh that, oh uh, that oh oh yeah, of course, right. Um, the the rock from um, the the WWE um, and uh, that one episode of Star Trek Voyager. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. That is I, what he's mainly yeah, known for. Yes, exactly. I <laughs> you know just 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 testing you, Mike. Um, Here's the thing. I uh, left my notes in the other room, so if you could just give me a, a second, I'll be right back. Okay. Did he just drive off in a car? And we're back, folks. Nate, you were gone for four and a half hours in your other room to get your notes. Listen, I may or may not have stopped at uh, you know an Arby's on my way there to to the other room. You know, it tends to happen. I get hungry on you know, short trips. Okay. Well, look. The point is, we now have both seen. And have our notes for 2018's Rampage starring The Rock, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll always had them. Oh, uh, I'm sure yeah. you did. Um, I believe you, bud. And but we got to. We're we're gonna go ahead and discuss this later. Um, so, the, the Rampage, right? Rampage is a film. Yes. That it's a uh, yes. <laughs> was released April 4th, uh, 2018, in um, something called Microsoft Theater, which is weird. And then wide distribution was April 13th, 2018. Um, it had a budget of about $120 million, which is. I guess average for these movies now. It's still crazy to me that that's like a normal budget. 
Um, and it made about $407 million thus far. I mean, it's still in theaters. It's still one of the top tens at the box office. Right. Um, and it represents the latest sort of example of this, of this new trend of, you know, big monster movies getting a lot of money put behind them, having a big star like The Rock, Dwayne Johnson... I guess, I guess he just goes by Dwayne Johnson now. He doesn't even really use The Rock in his, uh, in, when he's, like, building stuff. He hasn't done that for a bit. I, I still remember when it was the um, the trailer for The Mummy Returns, where uh-huh. the guy at, literally at the end was like, and The Rock as the Scorpion King. And it's just like, that's got to be the most ridiculous <laughs> line that that guy has ever had to say. For until, a, uh, he to, until he came back the following year uh, for the Scorpion King movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this I like the Scorpion King. There's, you know, that's that's another that's another podcast. But um, yes. so this movie is like it's fine for like the first hour or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I'm not offended by it. It's got actually a couple of pretty cool sequences in it. And then basically when they get to Chicago at the end, it turns, I'd say, pretty good. Um, yeah. Like, I really like all the monster destruction stuff in it. And yeah. I think it almost, I don't want to say like it makes up for the first half of the movie because the first half of the movie is like engaging enough. Yeah. And, you know, you've got The Rock, who's, like, the most charismatic person alive right now. So it's like he kind of keeps things going. Um, but, yeah, definitely it's an uptick in, like, excitement once the three monsters, which are, uh, I guess we should say what they are. Um, it's a albino gorilla named George, George and a super wolf named Ralph that has the ability to fly which i think is a direct reference to ron the unbelievable i could be wrong i just want to like this is the closest we are i think are ever going to see to seeing veron like come back in a big budget movie because like i'm sure toho at this point has even forgotten that veron exists (laughs) like we remember you could find the actual (laughs) copyrights like in a dumpster out just just there you know it's in there it's in their uh you know dollar bin at the studio exactly Uh, you can yeah um yeah. No, and I think it's something I didn't think about until uh, just now is the fact that the uh, end is uh, in daylight. Yeah. It's yeah. another it's another one of these where it's in daylight. Uh, same yeah. with uh, Skull Island and Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, it's we, like we can do it. And the thing is because of the concept of Rampage like uh, some of the CGI definitely looks a little cheap, but at the same time it's like I can't really judge them on this because it's a movie based on a video game where you just destroy buildings and eat people for fun. Um, <laughs> and that's it. You yeah. know, there is no, I mean, this movie has way more heart than the actual game. The game is more fun than the movie, but the movie is much more serious than the actual game because they, they had all this uh, 
anti-poaching and uh, you know like you know more, uh, pharmaceutical companies like uh, being you know big farm big yeah farm big farm is the bad guy stuff is all all brought in which you know is hinted at in the game so that's really just like a catalyst for you to just eat people and destroy buildings yeah it's like I'm planes um i think in in the game it's like scum scum labs or something like some yeah. something super subtle yeah and, and to be <laughs> clear the uh, uh, one of the many many differences between uh, the game series and the movie is the fact that in the game it's people that mutate into animals, right? And then in the movie it's smaller animals mutating into bigger, bigger animals. So, yeah. which yeah. I think is a good choice. I think if they would have kept that very bizarre element, frankly, of people mutating into giant monsters, I mean. It would definitely be like unique, but at the same time, there would be so much many more like hoops to jump through. As right. far as like, yeah, and this is just kind of takes one less step out of that, where it's just like, okay, it's yeah. they're okay. they're smaller just... animals and they get larger. Um, yeah, I, oh, I forgot to mention there is a third monster named Lizzie. Oh yes. Uh, who is, starts off as a crocodile, but then towards the end of the movie looks more like uh, Angerus because he's got the kind of the spikes on the back. Yes. Um, and then that's it. And and you know in in the game, at least in the original game, there have been seven of seven iterations. Um, in the original game, you were you know the wolf, the gorilla, and. Lizzie in the in the game looks a lot more like Godzilla and as I think we were discussing earlier the game Rampage is actually I would say like more fun than some of the actual games that have Godzilla in them oh yeah you know um, and I agree with with that sentiment yeah um, the gameplay is incredibly simple it's not super complicated and I think that it kind of why it's like it went, th I mean, it, the last console it was on was the Wii, um, which is apparently it was the same game that came out on the GameCube, but nine months later after the Wii was released, they created a version for the Wii. Um, and so while the Wii's been out, yeah, that, that was over a decade ago, but the fact that it lasted, that series has lasted like till that point, I think is because of the fact that while it's not a great game, it's just a very simple and fun concept. So why not throw a couple bucks at it? Same right. with the movie. It's not a great movie, but it's a fun concept. So it's yes, it's fun and it it's it's a little um, I would say kind of frustrating because you see how good the 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 monster action is at the end of it, and mm -hmm. and you're like, well, if this was in service of maybe a slightly tighter script, yeah, and and like a sort of a smarter uh plot or whatever because the the second you think about literally anything that is happening in any scene it completely falls apart yeah. um and not just like the scenes with the monsters but like even in the beginning of the movie before any of the crazy shit has even started it like mm -hmm. it makes zero sense so like you know but you do get all this amazing action at the end and and yeah. and, and throughout there's some pretty cool sequences but um 
I mean, there's some you nice acting, which feels kind of wasted, but at the same time, it's in service of the overall movie um, right. to an extent. So it's like I'm not looking at my watch the entire time. Or I, I mean, if I owned a watch, I would look at it. But um, um, yeah. yeah, no. So it's definitely padded out. You know, interesting enough characters and more than interesting monsters um so i i'd say yeah it finds a balance yeah um it was directed by a guy named brad payton who i think directed one of the he he directed san andreas um, yes with the rock and and he's gonna be directing san andreas (laughs) 2 they're making a san andreas 2 i mean why not (laughs) you know I think The Rock uh, puts the fault back together. Why not? You know, he, he becomes the Rock that 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 ties it all together. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, make a sequel out of anything, I guess. Make yeah. a sequel out of RBG. Call it RBG Two, bigger and baiter. You know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, he he directed San Andreas. Uh, directed one of the. Um, journey to the center of the earth movies i think the one with the rock so this yeah this is his third movie with the rock he understands how to to make dwayne dwayne johnson how to use his gifts the best and he's the rock whisperer (laughs) right he's got you know the rock has so much natural charisma that it's kind of hard to to mess it up but you know it still can be done i'm looking at you central intelligence so, you know, you, there is some skill involved in, you know, wrangling him. Um, but he's a great guy. I, I've been a fan of Dwayne Rocky Maivia Johnson, which should be his full legal name, ever since, you know, he showed up on the WWE. So, and it's just been a real crazy ride seeing how popular he's gotten outside of wrestling and, you know he continues to do it and i think he's on the path to maybe being president one day or something i don't know but he's 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 definitely the second main reason to watch the movie other than yeah. like the monsters beating the tar out of each other yeah <laughs> um so yeah brad payton directed uh he also co-produced along with boo flynn john ricard and hiram garcia screenplay by uh, mr ryan engel along with carlton Cuz, c-u-s-e i may be saying that wrong Cuse, let's say uh ryan j condal and adam a lot of consonants in a row <laughs> Uh, S Z T Y K I E L Skatizzle, Adams Skatizzle, Mister Nipsis Piddleyak. I don't know. It's pronounced Schenectady, New York. Schenectady, New York. Riggins. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And in addition to Mister Dwayne Rocky Maivia Johnson, we also have uh, Naomi Harris, who is can be a skilled actress. Um, who sometimes may have the tendency to overact a tad. We're looking at you, Moonlight. But uh, she's a great actress. I think she's got a amazing career ahead of her. Um, Melina Ackerman is in this movie. Um, and she does a 
fine job as evil hot woman i think is like the whole whole like like that's all that she's given to work with yeah. it's just like she's, uh, she's playing an evil woman that looks suspiciously a lot like lucy lawless right right you have to you have to actively try to differentiate her and lucy lawless <laughs> you know um and uh also so she is she plays claire and then her brother is a guy named brett and that gentleman is played by jake lacy who is in like i think the last season of the office and he's kind of a non-starter and then of course you have uh jeffrey dean morgan who is just blatantly doing negan from the walking dead yeah uh, i think I have never. I actually haven't watched the show since Negan. I, I haven't either. I would just say that there are just some moments with him that are needlessly delicious <laughs> for this movie. It's like, yeah, you're doing, you know. I mean, he he's like doing Shakespeare, right. and it's like, you know, you don't need to do that. You know, this is the Rampage movie. You can just, <laughs> you know, you, um, you don't need to act. I right. mean that Um, hard but fun fact according to imdb as i mentioned before uh rock the rock was in an episode of star trek voyager where uh they they were they go to a planet where there's like a gladiator like arena and you know they they put him in uh an episode but apparently morgan or sorry um yeah jeffrey dean morgan was uh, a zindi in an episode of star trek enterprise so it all it all comes back to Star Trek. It all comes back it to all, Star once Trek. Again, it all comes back, to, all Star comes back to Star Trek. Except for almost everything we have ever covered in the history of the show, except for these two things. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Nathan. The music is by Andrew Lockington, and he does odd job on it. I didn't say odd job as in the James Bond villain. I just said ah, like he does a, a job. Yes, it. there um, is clearly music. <laughs> yes, put on. The, there is clearly music playing in the movie. <laughs> it's a type of music. It's uh, layered throughout, um, kind of that's, like, that's a, like a sauce. You know, like that's a, like uh, I went into a, like a wine bar, and I like because I had just watched Sideways, so he I was like, hit me with your house Merlot. And he gave me a little bit of it, and I, you know, did the the look over where you literally look down onto it, and then I tipped it because to look for the consistency, and then I smelled it, you know, stuck my nose right in the cup and smelled mm-hmm. for like forty five seconds, and then finally <laughs> I drank it, and I was just like, you know, sloshing it around, and then I was like, hmm, I detect hints of wine. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to piss the guy off and then I just left <laughs> that's my life <laughs> I'm an asshole there you go there's, the, uh, the, there's the, no going the back way to wine tasting <laughs> way to wine <laughs> and, and, and just as I detected hints of wine in that wine there's definitely music playing during yes. several sequences there, there's sounds film. linked together to create an somewhat emotional reaction uh betwixt the audience and the (laughs) images that are on the screen perfect and you may have noticed for the last couple 
episodes, we very lightly mentioned the score and the music. That's because I think scoring is dead. Like, oh yeah. I don't, like there's none, none of this music has any impact on me emotionally in these new ones. Sorry, I don't know. Like, it just try harder. You know. Yeah. Or we need to get a director who is not afraid to swing for the fences on some yeah. some themes, like reoccurring themes for the monsters. Motifs, late motifs. Yeah. You know, certain um, things. Uh, or just rip from known music, like, you know, Coppola did with, you know, Ride of the Valkyries, you know, it's like, it's like, well, right. you've heard this song, you've seen helicopters, let me mix the two together. Right. Try. You know, at least try. try. Do it. That's all. Black Panther was trying. They had some, some good music, right. some some beats, and... Um, well, that's like a real you know, movie, Black Panther. Oh, yeah, that, that is... <laughs> that's like, that's uh, a Pacific, movie people should watch. The original Pacific Rim from 2013 had an actual score, a memorable score. Yes! It's like, hey, that's, the, that's, a, that's music made for a movie. <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't know. There's That's a longer discussion. It's a much longer discussion about, like, the, sort of the death of... You know, composers really, I, I don't know, I don't want to say going for it, because who knows if doing this, what Mr. Lockington has done on this film is actually, if it's any harder or easier than creating themes. Maybe it's just um, the way the industry is going, and it's the overall pattern of whatever, but... Um, it just seems to me that I, it's getting harder to remember, like, memorable scores from like relatively recent films other than like pacific rim and that's already like five years ago yeah and um you know some of the marvel stuff has some has some good stuff but yeah i don't know also uh there's a kid cuddy song on on the soundtrack at the end of this where he sort of remixes bullet with the butterfly wings by smashing pumpkins and look i know kid cuddy's done some some wonderful stuff but this ain't it, folks. Uh, it may be time to pack it in, my friend, or, or, or maybe just don't. Whatever. I, like, I don't know if you can even call this a song that he does at the end of this. It's the only song on the soundtrack, and it's just like, uh, I don't know if it, whatever. I may have to play the original at the end of the episode just to start to put the wrong things right. And again, yes. love Kid Cudi. He's a great artist, but... For this specific song, you blew it. You blew it. You um, blew it, but not in the fun way. Not well. There it is. There's the old Nate. Uh, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> indeed. So uh, let's take let's take a twake. Let's let's take a small break, and, uh, and then we can we can really get into this um, film. Great. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? I want you to enjoy my brand new badass trailer for Rampage. And when I say badass, I'm talking about badass. Those monsters don't stop, Big Daddy. Roll the clip. Everybody back! Someone's mutating animals into monsters. What the f*** was that? 
You can't put up the graphic, I'm running for my life. Come on, dude. The world is watching this. I'm the most badass movie star on the planet, all right? I got a reputation to protect. Now show the other clip, the no fear clip, dude. Just, you're going to have the time of your life. Enjoy Rampage. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who do not identify as either, we will now be dissecting the plot. Yes. Uh, we begin with what I thought was a high point of the film, which was the Warner Brothers logo kind of morphing into, like, an arcade sort of graphics, and then doing the sweep, uh, sweep right to... Uh, become the New Line Cinema um, thing, because I guess technically this is a New Line Cinema production, even though Warner Brothers now owns New Line Cinema. Yeah, I didn't even know New Line still existed until I saw that on the screen. I was like, didn't they like disappear years ago or something? It It is odd that Warner Brothers is still sort of keeping the machinations of that particular company even going when they could just easily just shut the whole thing down and just and just for the sake of absorbing them absorb them um you know i don't know it's it is weird i I love new line lord of the rings i mean they 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 could like have made a billion bad movies and just having that trilogy right immediately uh well yeah i think i think it speaks to the film industry itself where we're at right now um that a studio could produce the Lord of the Rings trilogy and still like need to go go up for sale. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's sort of uh, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but um, New Line Cinema is amazing because they made all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, so they always have a special place in my heart. And the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I mean, they made all three of them, but but that's know. the one we like to remember. That's, yeah, exactly. That's the one we like. Uh, I mean, there's there's parts of Secret of the Ooze. Let's let's not kid ourselves. It, hey, look, um, in part three, they go to Japan, and he goes to a blacksmith and teaches him how to make a pizza. Okay, talk about uh, hilarity in cultural exchanges. Right. It's it's right. A, part three is a wonderful fish out of water comedy. I think we can, there's arguments to be made both ways uh, for that. Back on track. Rampage. Alternate pronunciation. Rampagi. Uh, or as Kaiju Cinema put it, Rampage. Rampage, exactly. It was on their, uh, you know, their their list of Kiskuse uh, Mild films, which uh, I guess must be uh, something of uh, high quality and uh, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Good, um, good responsible produ- production. Yes. Um. <laughs> it opens as as we've been describing for. Four minutes. The the logo of the studio. At this rate, this episode's going to be like six hours long. <laughs> um, so the so we logos up, end. And the logos end. Then we end up in a spaceship. Wow! But before the spaceship, we have titles about the history of uh, CRISPR. Oh which yes, is a real thing. I think the what they say the the actual letters stand for have been fudged a little bit but <laughs> crispr which is the um, sort of like a, a program that modifies the genetic code terrifyingly actually exists um it's also a place in the refrigerator where you can put your vegetables fun right. fun fact uh <laughs> yes thank you nathan <laughs> um 
so it 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 gives just like the like basically two sentences it's like crispr was invented in the 90s and now it has been deemed like a weapon which sort of gives us um context for the next scene which uh, it it opens up as you said on, on a space station and so basically um the space station is is the only place where they can do experiments using CRISPR. Right. That's why it's in space. Exactly. Um, it's, it's in international space waters. So, uh, yeah, right. they, I guess they can perform their experiments there. This is, you know, talked about later. But, um, yeah, so we meet a lone astronaut who... Uh, played by Mary Shelton, who is underrated actress and... I just want to say, I could have watched an entire movie of just this opening sequence. Oh, yes. Because this is, like, really interesting and, and like, and very engaging and terrifying and very well done. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, it, it's, the, you know, a very good. I mean, this concept alone is worth its own movie. Um, but uh, so she is in communication with her overlords and she's. Uh, saying that the, the, the monster has escaped, um, or the, the specimen has escaped. It's killed all the crew, and she is trying to escape. And the people, the higher-ups, uh, have locked her out of the escape hatch, saying that she must go back for the other samples. Right. And so she has to brave her way through the floating bodies and debris. And, and chunks uh, of bodies, too. Yeah. Like, this movie is PG thirteen, but there's like some gnarly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there's like there's a there's a there's a hand that's just floating, yeah. like a detached arm of yeah. someone. <laughs> someone. Um, so uh, yeah. Oh, continue, please. Yeah. So she eventually makes her way um, to the specimens, and she takes them out, and she puts them in a, a special container, and um, you know, as per you know, basic script writing, that's the moment that the specimen uh, finds her and she has to make her escape. Which is a a rat that's roughly the size of, like, the dog Beethoven from the movie Beethoven. Um, Who started that movie? Charles Grodin. You better Ah, believe it, buddy. Yes, yes. Um, So, so it's like zero G. So... It looks like this rat kind of like trying to get to her, but like just flopping its legs and stuff around in the zero G is like a really creepy image. Like a giant, like a, again, a, 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 an enormous rat, a giant rat. Yes, a big rat, which are just right. scary enough, but one that's chasing after you uh, in space. I mean, I, I think I feel safer chasing after me in zero G uh, than, you know, on right. the ground. But, um, yeah, it, it's terrifying, you know, alien terrifying. Right. I, Apparently this rat, this, uh, in one of the original Rampage games, there was a rat as a hidden, like, secret character. Oh, yeah, and the, the rat has is, has just been a normal character in, in some of the sequels. Um, and I think this is absolutely a clear reference to mm. that. We're not sure what the rat's name is in the games because, you know. The info's out there, folks. The info's out there. <laughs> Wikipedia, Google. Um, but yeah, this rat tries to get her. 
And I wanted to be clear. There's, there's. Um, she takes out three of these MacGuffin things that you know make the monsters big. Yeah. But there's like five more in the space station, which is right. clearly they're setting it up for like a sequel that like you know maybe a couple more come down in the the sequel, and then three more come down in the end of the trilogy. Yeah. So then, you know, George has to fight, keep fighting these monsters. Yep. You know, they're, they're very smart, and then they very deliberately show that there's there's five more canisters other than the three that she removes from that thing. Mm-hmm. So, setting something up. Yeah. Um, and then so. she gets the things, and so her evil overlords, which by the way are Brett and Claire, um, Melina Ackerman and Jake Lynn Lacey, yes. are are the ones that he she's like talking to, um, right. via whatever. And not Lucy Lawless. And not Lucy Lawless, correct. And um, again, this amazing, masterful sequence of suspense and terror, very effective in 3D, I would imagine. Didn't see it in 3D, but... Oh, no, no, no. Would not no, spend no. that money no, on this movie. No. That'd be a mistake. Uh, um, that would be a mistake. Um, but very beautiful, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's tragic because she blows up Yeah. stratosphere... Um, not 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 a very well designed escape pod. If no, like, wh- one of the things that it is just an exposed glass because it's yeah. like, how's that going to survive reentry? I don't know. I uh, don't know. It's, it's, if we start nitpicking things like that, this episode actually will be six hours long. But yeah. no. she unfortunately the glass cracks and she explodes. The the ship the first the space station explodes. Then her escape pod explodes, but the three things are are flown out across the continental United States. Yes, coincidentally, one yes. lands in Florida, one lands in but where, where's the uh, zoo? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Somewhere in California, and the other one <laughs> somewhere in the Midwest. There you go. That's all you need to know. That's all that matters. San Diego, maybe. And it, yeah, there you go. Perfect. Um. Um. So. Now, we we cut to the rock um, and some of the other folks from the from the wildlife preserve. I got yes. confused by this because if it's like if it's a zoo, then they're like the gorilla enclosure is enormous. Like it's like yeah. a forest. So that's yeah. like you know the biggest zoo thing but i guess it's like a wildlife preserve so it's yeah it's but it's, it's like this a combination of a zoo and a wildlife preserve so it's yeah very confusing um but you have this scene where the rock is sort of kind of like it's introducing the rock um and the other characters who kind of disappear are, disappear they're in order of disappearance like they're very disposable not not one of these characters makes it past like the 45 minute mark we'll we'll put it that way and then not like that they're killed but they just disappear yeah (laughs) their 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 relevance their only real relevance is to build up the rock as a character based on how he deals with the people around him and when he meets um uh not um, when he meets Naomi Harris, yes. Kate? When he meets Naomi Harris, um, Catherine, we'll call her Kate. Kate. When she meets Kate, uh, 
yeah. when he meets Kate, he actually has to um, change. Right. He has to have an, an arc. He has to have an emotion. Um, uh, yeah, this this scene is. Um, I just want to describe it and then kind of go back over it. So first, they're kind of in the woods of this enormous gorilla enclosure that looks like a full again, like a full forest. Um, right, and they're trying to make it look like oh, they're actually in the jungle, and right. then they're oh, nope, it's a forest preserve. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, they, they do the fake out there, and then there's some dialogue establishing characters who are in no way important uh then they uh stumble upon uh a a male gorilla uh sort of presenting himself or you know trying to like impress uh a couple of the female gorillas or whatever and the rock does sign language to this to this male gorilla to like first of all he commands the female gorillas to leave and they do um, and then he's like talking to the, to the, to the male gorilla who I guess is like sort of a younger gorilla or whatever. And I forget precisely the machinations, but w- like one of the guys who is not the rock, who's like a trainee or whatever, like fucks up and it's whatever reason spooks this, this gorilla and it comes charging at the rock or whatever. And... There's another shot before this, which I thought, I don't know if you caught this, and I'm not sure if this was intentional, this is how I interpret it. This was a clear reference to King Kong. The uh, The first shot with George starts mm-hmm. on uh, treetops, and it's like bamboo or whatever, like kind of shaking, and then yeah. the camera comes down, and the trees part, and right. there's there's George, who's this he's already at the beginning of the movie before any of the crazy shit starts happening. Uh, an enormous, uh, albino, I think silverback gorilla. If I got that wrong, yeah. I'm sorry, but he's a gorilla of some kind, but he's yeah. albino. It's a type of gorilla. Yeah. He's a, it's a, it's a type of gorilla. That's how, that's how scientific we're going to get at this. Um, and then George, like this other gorilla is charging at the rock, I guess to murder him. And George bum rushes him and like knocks him out of the way like a Newton's cradle, uh, saving the rock. And then the rock kind of like, okay, so the trainee guy is like horrified by all this. And he's like on the ground in the fetal position. Yeah. And the rock and like George starts laughing and like the rock is like. Oh, this was a this was a joke. Oh, the new guy, he he no laugh, he cry, and he's like signing all this or whatever. Um, I'm gonna just take this is the first half of this scene, and we'll go into the second half in a second. But I have so many problems with this scene. It has to be we have to do it in halves. So for the first half of the scene, like, so so the other gorilla's name is Pavo, okay, so. This was like a joke that Pavo and George were in on? Or, like, how complicated, how far back does this joke go? Like, did George yeah. and Pavo have a powwow? And they're like, we're going to look like... Pavo has been established as the new gorilla on the block? Right, like, like. well, like, how, how far back does this go? Like, 
it, it was it just George saving the rock from Pavo, and Pavo had nothing to do with this, and then George is laughing, which it doesn't really qualify as a joke, but okay. The only way for it to make sense that it's a joke is that if this whole setup was like planned, which seems impossibly complicated for a couple of gorillas to like plan out this basically like skit for them or like yeah. prank, uh, where like Pavo is going to pretend to murder them and George pretends to save them. So it's like it can't be a joke. But then George is like, "Oh no, it's a joke, haha," or whatever. He's because he, he they can the turn back to each other. So that, I had problems immediately right there. It's like, this, all logic breaks down. And this yeah. is, in a way, the movie training you to like be like, no, don't think about anything that's <laughs> happening or the, anything that anyone is saying. Okay, so then the second half of the scene, so The Rock signs to George, he no laugh, he cry. That's exactly what he says to him. He no laugh, yeah. he cry. So... Know, fairly basic language there and he's kind of signing it a little and then immediately he's like okay but seriously george pavo's family was slaughtered by poachers so we have to you know give him a, a fresh start here and it'd be really important to me if you could do me a favor and kind of welcome him in to the, with the rest of the gorillas thanks a lot right. like he just starts like talking to George and he doesn't really sign. He kind of drops the signing a little and it's like, well, wait a minute. You, you go from he no laugh, he cry to like just relaxed conversation immediately. And it's just like, there's just an inconsistency there, which is like very, it's like how much of this does George actually understand? You know, but again, this is at the point in the movie where you are to break out the Bud Light can that you snuck into the movie theater and crack it open. <laughs> yeah, this this is this is the this is the point. Yeah, where you break out your twenty four pack of Milwaukee's best and uh, you know get to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> you start doing the Lord's work. Um, so I mean. Yeah, that scene is just, I don't know, it's designed to drive you mad, I guess. Yeah. Or just, its again, it's the movie telling you, hey, don't think about anything that's happening right now, or else all this falls apart. Yes. And uh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it introduces uh, Claire and Brett at this point, and you just go up into the... They, their headquarters are the, um, the at the Sears Tower. The Sears Tower is it still called the Sears Tower? Because I'm I definitely mean, just going to refer to it as the Sears Tower. Uh, yeah, no, I no one I have met while living in Chicago referred to it as the <clears throat> Willis Tower when I was living there. Uh, <laughs> yes, and I've been up in the top of the Sears Tower, and yeah. um, I don't remember any of these labs, but. Um, yeah. I guess that's sort of some artistic license. But, yeah, I mean, um, look, it, it's where everyone's going to go. It's a big building, and uh, that that that's oh yeah, the we'll, biggest we'll, buildings we'll, in North America. So we, yeah, we should get into well, we'll we'll get to that later on in the plot. Melinda yes. Ackerman's maniacal uh, justification for bringing. <laughs> Yeah. the monsters into a major metropolitan, metropolitan city the third largest city 
you know, in the country. <laughs> Maybe Los Angeles is bigger. I don't know. But Chicago's enormous. Enormous um, and spread out. So and, Yeah. Tall buildings um, like Los Angeles, small buildings spread out. New York, tall buildings, very tight. Chicago is kind of in between. It's, yeah, I mean, Chicago it's, is like... But sprawled out. Like, basically, it borders on, like, Gary, Indiana, all the way up into, like, Millinocket. Like, it's... Yeah. It's, it's so... It's so huge. much is considered Chicago, outer Chicago, outer, outer Chicago. Yeah. You know. So it's... East Chicago. East Chicago. So, right. And then there's just Lake Michigan, which is sort of the wet area of Chicago. So it's it's at all. (laughs) Anyways. um, Take a trip to Hollywood Beach. They bust in the sand. (laughs) So Brett and and Claire, really Claire and Brett. Brett is a minor part of this. Although he may be the one who has the... um, the actual rampage cabinet because I don't see Claire playing that. There's they actually have the in their office yes. at the top of the Sears Tower. They have the original arcade cabinet for Rampage, which yes. I thought was like a weirdly sort of lazy thing to do. Well, here's my theory, Mike. My my theory is is that um, either they or their predecessors who really start started everything going in the '90s loved the video game so much that they wanted to enact it in real life. Uh, so they <laughs> they kept it going because they were just like, wouldn't it be fun with our billions and billions of unchecked dollars uh, in wealth uh, to just make video games a reality? Um, I mean, they do refer to Ralph as Rampage 1 in the mm-hmm. movie when, like, uh, um, Burke is sort of tracking him so maybe Hmm. it's possible look rampage exists in this universe yeah so so what's going on is that this is how rich people want to hunt in the future you know because you know fox fox catching is um just 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 so lame you got to have the bugles and uh, beagles and horses and red shirts and weird helmets you know it's a whole thing when when why why go out to catch foxes when you could bring giant mutinous animals to your own building (laughs) well there's again i think we really need to slow it down and and intricately dissect melina sorry uh we'll just call her claire claire claire's lucy lawless right I think we really need to slow down and dissect Claire's uh, motivations for this once we mm. get to that part in the plot. But just for people to know, they immediately establish that these people are evil. They don't give a shit that uh, Mary Shelton is dead. Um, and they're they're jerks, basically. And then it goes and back to... They're, they're, they're the specimens back. The three that yeah, were they, known... Yes. Crash, yes. I'm making yes. quotations in the air because I know you all can hear me. Uh, <laughs> they, they, the, see they can see the samples crash yes. in various parts of, of the country. And that's what the scene is setting up. Yes. Um, so, and one of those things happens to George. One of them happens to a wolf which will become known as Ralph. 
and then one of them is like goes into a swamp and they they look like um they're about the size of like a surrey <laughs> you know these these containers they're a little bit more yeah. boxy they got hard yeah. corners and then they just sort of emit sort of a puff of um green smoke or whatever mm. and um and so the, they kind of show those three quick pieces with i think george is the last one who kind of gets sprayed we cut to the rock comes in the next day he goes into the the bear enclosure where a grizzly bear has been slaughtered yeah and um george is there he's sort of hiding in a cave and he comes out of the cave and he's visibly much larger uh, yeah maybe like two or three feet taller um and then the plot continues to move forward yes now we later cut to Naomi Campbell <laughs> close Naomi Harris Naomi Harris Catherine Catherine excuse me yeah. we cut to Catherine who is um already starting off her day wrong like uh, running late to work and uh trying to ingest her morning caffeine uh of which she just can't seem to get enough of as you can see on her table there's just like empty starbucks cups everywhere um that are unfinished yes so there's like she's piecemealing that that was weird and gross (laughs) uh she she needs her coffee she needs that joe um yeah, so she's making excuses to why she's late to her boss when she notices um, a news story on the news, on her television, um, talking about the um, the corporation, the uh, and the use of um, CRISPR, and so she says to her boss, um, "I'm sorry, but uh, the car in front of me just exploded." Yes. Yes. And, uh, uh, and she drops the phone. Yeah. And uh, we cut back to the rock. Um, they're, now they're in sort of the interior of the, you know, it's, it's more of the, looks like a prison cell for poor George um, because he's getting even bigger. And one of the, the sort of minor characters Uh, is talking to the rock saying like i've taken his blood samples three times and he's gotten bigger each time you know this is this is going beyond protocol we have to call people and then the rock is like if we tell the government they're gonna put george down so yeah you know but that sort of becomes moot uh immediately because uh george himself well, basically what happens is they go into, like, the lobby, like the rock and this guy go into the sort of the lobby of, of, of this enclosure, what have you. And Naomi Harris shows up, and she's like, I know what's going on. I designed this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, and they have, sort of have kind of the meet cute, I guess, not really. Yeah. And then oh, they go uh, But back. she establishes herself as... Um still working for the uh the corporation that right that Claire works for right right she e- evil exactly. is yes um they go back in to say hello to george 
and George is freaking out because he's mm-hmm. not getting fed. We've all been in there. a scene reminiscent of Mighty Joe Young. Very reminiscent. I thought about that too. Um, absolutely. Um, it could just be that it's a like a giant gorilla in a cage. That's like the way it was filmed, but it yeah. may also very much be a reference to Mighty Joe Young. Um, or King Kong Escapes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully it's about King Kong Escapes. And yes. anyways, George goes ape, as it were, and he breaks out of this thing. Basically, the rock kind of like talks him down, and then like a helicopter kind of comes and shoots him with the tranquilizer anyways. Yes. Now, that one was labeled Homeland Security, so I guess... The, the feds were involved. Well, yes, so and that's the thing. The we, and then someone called the feds. <laughs> there's a gentleman named Burke who is played by the guy from Pee-wee's Big Day Out or whatever. He also played um, uh, Deathstroke in the post credit scene for um, Justice League, I think. Uh, he's done a few things. I think he's on a soap opera. Joe Mangliol. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, so he plays Burke, who's mm-hmm. like a mercenary, basically, like a Blackwater yes. type. And um, who, who you begin to think is going to be a, a major player in this movie. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of sequences kind of intercut with this early on stuff of him pursuing Ralph, who, again, is this wolf. Yeah. Um, and I, it's it's right around here that, yes, yeah, so it's actually right after George gets tranquilized. We cut to Burke, and he's in a helicopter with the rest of his team. Yes. And they spot Ralph. They're in someplace in Wyoming, I think. Yeah. And they go out into the dark, luscious, mist-filled forests of Wyoming. And uh, they... Basically, they recreate the scene because they get Jake Lacey, aka Brett, on the like the video feed or whatever, so they mm-hmm. can see the, the the you know the mission or whatever. Yeah. And basically, they recreate the scene from Aliens, where they yeah. all go into the processor for the first mm-hmm. time, which that scene has been recreated in many many films. Yeah. Uh, including one of Kyle Bragg's favorite movies, Carnosaur 2, uh, who he in, he insists Carnosaur 2 is better than Aliens. That's a story for another day. Yes, but, definitely. Uh, <laughs> but the point is, this scene has been done so many times. They did it in Jurassic World mm-hmm. um, that it's almost like... I, I hope that like James Cameron is getting some compensation every time this seed is just like cut and pasted into yeah. a screenplay i think it just um, says it in the screenplay it's just like scene from aliens yeah <laughs> interior say, scene from aliens <laughs> right this scene does feature a really amazing shot and that's the weird thing about this movie there's a couple of shots that are just like beautiful and like really awesome and you can picture them being in like a much better movie yeah uh the the scene where ralph who is now roughly the size of a school bus um jumps out of these again luscious 
uh, forestation in, in, in Wyoming that Wyoming is known for, uh, jumps out of it and tackles this uh, helicopter out of the air and just lets the blades just cut into him and like his skin his hide breaks the blades <laughs> and the the helicopter crashes it's a really amazing like sequence and like yeah. you're watching and you're like uh, all right this movie's gonna be amazing yeah and then you know there's like another 40 minutes of exposition but like yeah um so and then, uh... Yeah, Deathstroke. Burke, Burke is also killed in kind of in a yeah. very grisly way. Like you, yeah. you see the drool on him, and he's, like you know what's happening next. So. Yeah, he's coated in viscous discharge <laughs> from Ralph's chops yeah. before he does in fact get uh, get eaten. So this um, is a bit reminiscent to me of. Um, Kong Skull Island, where you know they build up a few of these characters and then they're immediately killed. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think it's done better here because I think it's a little bit of a misdirect. Yeah. Because I, I think Mr. Peyton's intention was to have this character of Burke be sort of like a red herring or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna be in it more or whatever, and then he's killed because this yeah. this guy's sort kind of a celebrity and it's, yeah. He's sort of built up. He has like this whole intro scene where he's walking through this airstrip, and all these people are like handing him guns that he like cocks and loads, yeah. and then gives to another person. Yeah. So I guess he's like also head cocker oh. or whatever of the of the team. Which is my nickname in college. <laughs> Boom. Two points. Count it. Um. But the, yeah, then he's killed, and so you're you're a little bit stirred out of me like what anything could happen at any time and yeah. i also wanted to say that like you you see the destroyed uh bodies of the rest of his team yes as well it's like just chunks of guys yeah uh, and like <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a very violent movie. I mean, you see chunks of dead people and dead bears, and uh, and yeah, people getting I mean, eaten and shit. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, you can do just about. I I don't know what the line between PG thirteen and R is anymore. And this this movie's PG thirteen. And especially again, this is based on a game that I believe was rated like E through ten or something like that, where well, you blow up buildings and the, eat people. You know, I guess if we can get to another side tangent here. Uh, so the rating system in games didn't come along until Mortal Kombat, which is another Midway game. Uh, Rampage uh -huh. is, is Midway. Uh, and that was like 92, 93. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the thing that finally made people... It was that and like Night Trap starring Dana Plato for the... Uh, Sega CD. That was finally <laughs> the the thing that the the game industry, I believe, voluntarily started, you know, rating things E or well, I don't even know what the other ratings are. There's E and M and something in the middle. Uh, maybe a few things in the T middle. T for teen. T for teen, right? And uh, A A for adult. Uh, you know, for those uh, Leisure Suit Larry fans out there, right? <laughs> classic, classic video game that um, right. Or for the, like, 15 very sad, lonely perverts who bought the guy game or whatever oh, yes. from PlayStation 2. Anyone, anyone else remember that? Yeah. That happened. 
Um, people who uh, couldn't afford to to the mail order. For, <laughs> people who couldn't afford order uh, the internet. Of, uh, smut. <laughs> you that know, was like, be like, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the store and buy an adult-rated right. video game. Oh boy. There you go. The adult video games is something that's still, even in 2018, it's still like hasn't really we haven't really figured it out yet i don't know if we're no. ever going they keep to trying to say like oh we're gonna make the oculus rift you know into a right. like a you know, porn <laughs> matrix basically still still searching for that killer app on yeah. adult video games read sex um so we'll see how it goes I mean, yeah. I mean, there's been this is a whole other podcast, by the way. I don't even I, I've forgotten everything about Rampage, but there have been sex scenes in like actual functional games, like in the God yes. of War games and like the Witcher games and things like that. Um, so whatever, but yeah. uh, the point is, Midway they made Rampage, they also made Mortal Kombat, and Mortal Kombat was the thing that started it. But when um, Rampage came out in '87, there was still no ratings as it were mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's a it's sort of a if you'll excuse the pun kind of a toothless game i mean it's like yeah they're eating people but it's like they're like drawings they're like the yeah. cartoons it's not it's not depicted in any sort of realistic way like of sort of maybe a successor to this game in a way like a, a game like primal rage which is oh like yes stop animation With type lots stuff and lots of blood i mean yeah tons of gore like that okay yeah. that you can rate mature or whatever because it's like yeah. literally the end of every fight is your opponent's heart exploding <laughs> yeah uh so you know but um but it is tying it back into the to the movie it is weirdly like the tone of this movie is like another game i can think of a pinball game because it's like going all over the place you have <laughs> and i'm sorry for that pun lazy uh but <laughs> i i don't know it it, it, it kind of doesn't seem to know what it wants to be because you have these very light moments with The Rock and, and George kind of being fun. But then you also have these weird, like, people getting murdered, like, eaten and stuff. So it's, I don't know. Did you get any of that, that sort of confusion? It, it's tonally everywhere. So it, it's kind of, again, kind of like the opening sequence. You just kind of, or not the opening sequence, but the introduction to The Rock sequence. You just have to turn your brain off and just be like, uh, big things eat gore <laughs> right funny. right right things things are definitely going to happen on the screen yes. for the next hour and a half yes <laughs> things are um, happening <laughs> things are ha or 107 minutes or whatever yes um, don't question it just watch so yeah that sequence is is over and then we are now uh introduced to jeffrey dean morgan's character uh negan oh i'm sorry russell <laughs> Russell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. Who works for the OGA, which is a joke, but because it stands for other government agencies. So he never really, never yeah. really says who he works for. Although as the plot goes on, his I think he may be like Batman or something because he <laughs> yeah. starts appearing in places and he knows where characters are. 
he might be like a god or something, or yes. he might be like Q again <laughs> from Star Trek. Maybe it does all come back to Star Trek. Yes, there you go. Because he's just he, like I'm never wrong about these things, Mike. Uh, you know, so he may be a demigod. I don't know, but uh, basically, The Rock and Naomi Harris, who are now being treated like prisoners for some reason uh are being well, they escorted were associates so he's got to bring them in for questioning right uh, but, like they still have hand like you, you can bring someone for questioning you don't have to restrain their hands with hand like with zip ties oh, yeah. and they're both their hands are zip tied it's like i so can they, understand why yeah. like the rocks hands are zip tied maybe because he was sort of around george when they drank them but like i don't understand why no naomi harris's hands are zip tied yeah. doesn't again don't think about it <laughs> yeah because it falls apart instantly anyways now, they um they load, load him onto a transport aircraft right they Plus load george. george onto a uh, yes and um then they uh sit uh the rock and naomi harris down and this is where Jeffrey Dean Morgan gives a really subtle but really intriguing performance where he's just reading off an iPad, but just him reading his voice and those spectacles he's wearing, it's just very nice and inviting. It, it's, I, I don't know, even though he's just giving out expository dialogue, it just, uh, something nice about that, that, that. Uh, interaction there where he uh you know brings up the fact that uh dr kate is uh has been fired and she's no longer directly associated um with uh what evil incorporated uh, what whatever they are right. yeah dr wiley's dr wiley's <laughs> company medical. for mega man i don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's no longer associated with them, which of course thus creates you know a trust rift between her and Davis. Um, Significant and... trust rift, also important in this scene. Um, and again, they are now in the fuselage of a. It seems like it's bigger than a seven forty seven. Uh, I think it's a Hercules transport plane. Yeah. I could be wrong. So he, it's it's uh, John. John, if you're listening, my brother, uh, if you could just please. Uh, Fill us in and let yeah. us know exactly the uh, you know technical specs of that aircraft in that movie. And we're going to have uh, some discussions with you a little later on after we're done recording about exactly you know when this is airing and and sort of the difference between sort of a live broadcast and a, and sort of a previously recorded uh, thing and and sort of the limitations therein and and sort of the key differences there. But Mike, much like this movie, I have just turned my brain off. Right. <laughs> Look, if this if this podcast was behaving like the movie Rampage, John could call you live <laughs> because he'd be listening somehow. Yes. yes. Um, because that's the next thing that people you know that the plot needs to happen, so it'll just yeah. magically happen. Yes. Um, I did want to say that they list off the names like Naomi Harris is like trying to guess what um, what organization russell aka jeffrey dean morgan works for and yes. she's like what do you who do you work for fbi cia justice league or whatever and uh -huh. i do have to draw uh extended attention to this because clearly if this she was a normal person living in our time and reality she would say the avengers 
Uh, yes. Because that's the go-to superhero team. But because this film was released by Warner Brothers, <laughs> <laughs> she... See, Warner Brothers is still trying to make Justice League happen, even yes. outside. Like, they're, they're inceptioning it into other movies, being like having outside characters talk about like oh yeah justice league yeah. you know like it's it takes like place it's cool. in all, it, it takes place in a universe where people you know where rampage is happening with a rampage video game in the background and people casually bring up justice league like right. it's a thing and she doesn't bring up the movie justice league and look the comic book justice league is has been around for like 60 years or whatever it's, it's possible the, uh, she... Hanna Barbera cartoon exactly importantly um, so it's possible she could have just off the cuff suggested Justice League but no it's clearly yeah. it's an inside job <laughs> um, and then George once again wakes up and kills everyone on board except the three yes. main characters and causes the plane to crash this is yes. an amazing Slowly, sequence by the way that that uh, that 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 plane just seems to take forever uh, to crash. Uh, just enough time, coincidentally, for them all to get um, for them all this... to get their their uh, their parachutes on. I think no, they well, I think they have a snack. Nathan, what you have they to understand in mimosas right before uh, actually leaving Nathan, the aircraft. Nathan, what you have to understand is this plane just took off from the twenty four mile long uh airstrip from the end of fast and the furious seven <laughs> or six or whatever that, that that where the airstrip is like they figured it out it was like between 24 and 50 miles long apparently it's the same plane and yeah. uh, so it takes equally as long it takes i think eight minutes to crash even though it's <laughs> it's you know six of yeah. those eight minutes it is in a nosedive yeah so again we may have at long last, yeah. found a logistical flaw in Rampage's in, logic. In Rampage. And again, John, whenever <laughs> you do listen to this, you're going to have to give us your personal expertise uh, uh, to this very, very important matter. Anyways, uh, Anyways so they this, parachute out. Oh, I just wanted to say, like, it is, I did appreciate George just grabbing military dudes and just throttling them uh, was great. And, you know, this is, this is a fun movie. It's not a great movie. It may not even be a good movie, but there's definitely some fun stuff to be had. And anytime any of the monsters like freak out and there's a lot of collateral damage, it is fun. And it kicks, it kicks into that fun mode here. But yes, eventually after an impossibly long period of time, the plane does crash. (laughs) And George is fine. He just yes. yeah. He's so strong by now. He survives yeah. this crash. So um, so our heroes. So we should mention that the reason they crash is because uh, Claire uh, comes up with a with, with the concept that she wants to bring the monsters to oh, right. Chicago. Um, right. So she she tells uh, her brother Brett. Um, that um, that she had the scientist whip up this antenna overnight. 
this very high-grade professional antenna. Um, which... Look, I, I'm glad you found this as ludicrous as I did, because it's like I was expecting her to, it just to be like a box that was like maybe stuck to this already, you know, the the white sort of communication towers on on yeah. top of the Sears Tower, like yeah. I- iconic, but. Then she just like she hits a a button pad, and then all of a sudden, all this crazy James Bond under siege two dark territory like shit happens with this 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 thing, and it's like this would have taken five months yeah. <laughs> to build this thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, look, I know how long it takes to build things. Okay, I live in a town that had a parking structure that took like six years to build and that was just three platforms with ramps okay and it took like yeah like six years for them to open it up okay so i know how long things take to build reason really to reinforce concrete with steel i mean that's just you know (laughs) that's a that's a separate podcast where we get into that (laughs) that particular structure for this particular town but uh, needless to say, it's I will not rest until it's a international uh, disgrace that it is. Um, anyways, oh boy. But yes, there's no way this communication tower could have been built in less no. than than four months, and this would be yeah. like a lot of testing involved. And also, like their reasoning for bringing the the monsters to Chicago is like they want the military to kill them i guess so that they can just get a sample of their dna and then sell that on for whatever the black market or whatever something right they they want to both steal get back their samples like steal bits of the samples while also having like the military dispose of their dirty work and basically the they're by some movie logic it's also gonna like uh, cover. Oh, and the, they'll kill Doctor Kate, so there won't be any like. Oh yeah. Connection, true connection. Because they them. know she's in the plane. Yeah. Okay. Right. Some. Yeah. Um, uh, oh yeah, they they saw the security footage. Um. um yeah. So, so yeah. So they've crashed, and uh, while Harvey Russell is uh, busy looking for their. Um, He's trying to make contact via the one working radio. Um, Dr. Kate and Davis have a moment to talk about um, their feelings uh, and his relationship to George and you know how he rescued George from poachers as, uh, as they were uh, disemboweling his mother and chopping off her hands to, quote, make right. like ashtrays. So it's uh, a family film. Yeah, it's a family film. Again, based on a video game where you eat people and destroy buildings for fun. <laughs> with, with that, that's the point of the game. You you never once does the game say like, "Can we just, you know, we, we'd like to pause a moment and reflect on the one last white rhinoceros." <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, oh no, you, this just yeah. got super serious. Yeah, um, so exactly that—that's what this does. But yeah, whatever, it—you it, it, need some of that for, I guess, a right. movie to work, even if it is this. So um, you get so, yeah. George so they, and the Rock's backstory in this flashback. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so that's why Davis doesn't trust people, and Kate is like, well, you, you'll, you have to, because I'm the only one that can save him. Um, and Harvey then eventually uh, gets communication. Somehow they end up on a military base. Right. Yeah. And um, this is the least interesting part of the movie, so we can sort of... Suffice Brevity. to say that the, they, they, they have the atypical, again, you know, military, you know, war room right. scene, take five. Um, they just, it, they have it, the alien scene a second time. Yes. Where it's like, <laughs> no, 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 I've got the best men in here. The George and the, and the, and the wolf, um, Rolf, uh, uh, are working Ra- together. Ralph. Ralph, excuse me. Rolf. Um, are working together and, you know, and Davis is like, you know, oh, well, that's suspicious. You know, can't you see that's weird? And the army guy's like, shut up. I'm, I'm the army guy. I know exactly what to do. And, of course, uh, the men are slaughtered again. <laughs> right. And this, I, I'm not sure where this is. It appears to be in, like, the, there's this industrial area just outside of Chicago, which was in the poster for the Blues Brothers. You can see mm-hmm. they've got these giant mounds of, I don't know what it is, like coal or salt or something. Oh, yeah. And logistically, for the the, the events that play out, it would have to be uh, next to Chicago. Because, well, it just goes like this. Basically, like <laughs> Yeah, it's like a quarry. Um Basically, The Rock and uh, Naomi Harris are, like, sneaking out, or they, they're getting escorted out by a couple of military police, mm-hmm. and The Rock, like, distracts them or, like, lures them down an alley and then subdues them with his arm, mm-hmm. uh, choking one of them out and saying, don't, it's a big arm, don't fight it, which is, that's funny, that's well done. Yeah, um, yeah. But then Naomi Harris is like, well, they, it's a hospital or something. I don't even know what her the reasoning is. But it's like, there's probably a medical chopper behind us instead of yeah. going into this like this area where like the military is heavily embedded. Yeah. Um, and so they sneak out the back and they're about to go on this medical chopper. And then all of a sudden, Jeffrey Dean Morgan again appears behind them. Sort of suspicious. But then he's like, hey, I'm with you guys now because I'm a cool dude and we, us assholes got to stick together, which he says about yeah. 40 times. And then he tosses them the keys to this, yeah. this helicopter, which he already had. Yes. So to this how did he get those keys? And again, like, wh- how, did the how did he know that he was going to do it? Like it's established before that he's like ex-military, so... Uh, you know, did, why would he think that? I mean, what was he just gonna hotwire? Anyways, I'm thinking too much about this. Right. Well, I, I, I mean, again, I really don't want to skip over this. How the fuck does Jeffrey Dean Morgan know they're gonna get into this helicopter and magically have the keys for it to toss to the rock? I, I want I'm answers. Have to go with your uh, Batman uh, idea. I like yes! look, Chicago again. This Dark is Knight, this is uh, the Dark Knight was filmed there. Look, this is like an Adam West Robin. Give me the bat shark spray repellent. 
level of insane preparedness on display here. So, again, I I guess Russell is some sort of low-level demigod. Yes. Um, and anyways, he's like, yeah, go do your he, thing. He's really uh, the condiment king. <laughs> oh, I wish the condiment king would be in more movies. He was in Lego Batman, though. Yes, um, yes. Uh, so... Naomi Harris and The Rock take off for Chicago and which so they are en route and then we have the second iteration of this aliens scene where we are you know seeing the soldiers through the the screens and hearing them um, and they get slaughtered by uh, you know George and Ralph a second time it should be said that there is a certain part of the genes uh, that are being altered that make George and Ralph for that matter and Lizzie for that matter uh, yes. evil like yes. it, 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 it kicks up their aggression to like crazy levels so that's right. why from the you know when George starts growing all the way to like pretty far into their fight in Chicago it's like he's like a bad guy and does bad guy stuff yeah I guess or like evil monster stuff yeah um, the fun stuff so the fun stuff absolutely uh, so, <laughs> so they wipe out another group of troops and yeah. this, the general of this operation, who I will refer to as not Courtney B. Vance, uh, <laughs> says, oh, I guess these busters are dangerous. Let's have everything we got and loaded into, you know, Chicago to, to be ready for them or whatever. Cause I guess they figured out that they're going to Chicago. I yeah, know. I guess. Yeah. Um, also, a big at some civilian point, population, and uh, it also contains uh, Dave and Buster's, so uh, that that needs to be yes. protected. Yes, we'll get we'll get to the ultimate fate of that Dave and Buster's a little bit later on, but um, it should also be stated that the FBI like knows about uh, Claire and Brett's situation, and they have infiltrated their tower at this point and like yeah. taken all their files. And Claire has has uh, painted Naomi Harris as like the person who acted alone, like mm-hmm. alone, whatever, like mad scientist, basically, basically yeah. kind of shifting all the blame to lone Naomi wolf. Harris. Yeah. yeah, the lone wolf, as it were. Uh, so that is happening as well, um, and basically, so The Rock and Naomi Harris arrive in this helicopter, and then that there's like monsters fighting for like 35 minutes oh yeah in downtown it's Chicago. amazing it's during the day it's mostly um uh wolf and gorilla v humvees uh yes. just just you know and and oh the helicopters again with the helicopters and the warthogs <laughs> and the, you know the a10s and the the bombing and the screaming the gas um so yeah it's... Helicopters are used a lot, and I think it's because uh, they're probably used in the video games a lot. But the, you know, the, the, so they're in one helicopter, and later they're going to be in another. Right, so many uh, helicopters. Well, so and then the Rock helicopters. jumps into a third helicopter at towards yes. the end. Yes, because it's like basically in the beginning, it's just again a still evil George and Ralph, um, yeah. kind of really destroying the um the military and i wanted to say that at this time uh, george is roughly the size of like king kong 
from yes. the first King Kong. He's like as big as a house. Maybe a little bit bigger. Um, and, like, it's interesting. And it's a lot of fun to see monsters that are sort of this size, not quite the size of the kaiju and or the mm-hmm. Jaegers from Pacific Rim. Um, and certainly throughout the the Godzilla series, as you know, the opponents and Godzilla himself keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's fun to see monsters that are certainly larger than us, but not like insanely big, yeah. run around a city like this and just fuck stuff up. Right. In a way that because they're faster and they're more yes. dynamic and they're just they're like wild animals. Yeah. And it's. I don't know. I really could have gone for like a whole movie of just this. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, I don't know how that would work narratively, but like, I think it's called playing the video game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, this did remind me, this part reminded me of, uh, in my mind, and I could be wrong, whatever, this is my opinion. Uh, there's a game called war of the monsters, which is the best, including every Godzilla game that has ever been released. Uh, and every other sort of giant fighting monster, you know, King of the Monsters, what have you. War of the Monsters is probably, for me, the most fun because the monsters in it are, again, you know, between 20 and 50 feet tall. um, Mm -hmm. And they can do things like running up buildings, jumping off buildings, climb things, like throw tanks and things. And that's, that's the size these monsters are. And it's a really cool sequence. I, I really don't have any problems other than a couple of a kind of couple minor nitpicks about some of the stuff the humans do. But all the stuff with the monsters at the end of this movie is fantastic, looks great, and yeah. is interesting and watchable and dynamic in a way that I'm sorry Pacific Rim Uprising isn't. Um uh, it's more I, I don't know like brutal <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. um well but there's, this, there's too like, many like in individual it... gags to just describe yeah. all of it but like needless to say it's pretty awesome yeah well in the midst of all this carnage um there's some rumbling uh uh going through one of the rivers the many rivers that go through chicago uh i think there are I think they're at like near Wacker. Yeah, he says there's Wacker a bogey drive. coming in from by Wacker. Yeah, by way of Wacker, <laughs> lower yes. Wacker. Um, anyways, that river and it's Lizzie, and uh, yeah, they've been teasing her throughout the movie, showing like thing a, a big thing in the water, which apparently nobody has bothered to, you know, mention <laughs> up until now. You would right. think with all the 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 coast guard and military and all like very much aware of giant things moving right you think that one that somehow made it from florida to the bayou all the way up the mississippi well, to chicago right and and when lizzie turns around for the the beacon or whatever she's in the gulf of mexico so yeah. it's like that honestly that is the largest plot hole in the movie that somehow lizzie could escape detection until she's right there yeah. in Chicago. It's ludicrous. That is the final. Okay, that is ludicrous. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand why she came there. I mean, deep dish pizza, oh. the best. 
and the yeah. field museum oh, yes. don't get me started uh <laughs> their aquarium also amazing uh they've got the third largest comedy market in america as can be seen in upcoming seasons up, upcoming episodes of dick wolf's chicago improv uh dating the that's a snl sketch from this weekend so <laughs> i'm sure that joke will age very well um, <laughs> but the point is plenty of great reasons to go to chicago and yep. this is just you know other than literally the tractor beam inside her brain that is that is drawing her to the sears tower there's yes. plenty of other reasons to go there as well so it's fine yes. Um, and once Lizzie shows up, she really starts messing things up and the military immediately directs all of their, you know, attention and, and upon this new target and yes. Futile destroys attention. all of them. Yeah. Uh, and George destroys the Dave and Busters. <laughs> and uh, yes. And this is the, the, the scene where, and you can see it in the trailer. Um, it was just a regular building in the trailer. And then at some point, uh, Dave and Busters, which has a new Rampage game right now. Oh. Um, and it's complete garbage. Um, <laughs> at some point, they got on board with sponsoring the movie, and it was decided it's like, oh, George should be destroying a Dave and Busters instead of just this building so they cg'd in i mean it's all cg anyway so like, yeah you know it wasn't a big deal but they turned one of these buildings that george was destroying uh into a dave and busters uh, after it's the called fact. a man of stealing it uh <laughs> they may they take... man have stole that from something else <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we're gonna um, take placement and destroy it to make people want it more Right, exactly, and and again, that's correct, Nate. <laughs> David Buster suffers the same sad fate as the IHOP from Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, but anyways, yeah. So there, all the monsters are just going fuck nuts in Chicago for again. Feels like thirty-five to forty minutes of just insane destruction. Yes. Um, there's some other bullshit with The Rock and Naomi Harris go to the Sears Tower. They have an altercation with Melina Ackerman and Jake Lacey where there's like a standoff because Naomi Harris wants to get the, the cure for um, George's hostility. Yeah. So that, it, it, you know, much... And this is sort of like a Godzilla movie level logic where it's like if we can make him, if we can cure him from being so angry we can then turn him into an ally and then he yes. will help us fight the other monsters which is yeah. straight up sekizawa stuff yeah. <laughs> like that's a complete like you know and this very much works like a sekizawa script where it's like you have the humans and the monsters like the humans do things that directly impact the monsters you have right. so all of those characters are and there's some more machinations of Jeffrey D. Morgan, like teleporting to different places and doing like, you know, somehow knowing yes. what's going on and having a magical yeah. phone that works <laughs> everywhere. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, The Rock and Naomi Harris and uh, Melina Ackerman and Jake Lacey are all at the top of the Sears Tower. Jake Lacey, like 
George comes up over the top of it and he's like, I'm out of here. And he runs down the building. Yeah. Um, so he chickens out or whatever. So now, I mean, the, sorry, there's a whole other scene where like the, the rock gets shot. By... Oh, yes. well, Rocket shot after right. they find the anic the the anecdote. Sorry, not anecdote. The antidote. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> they were looking for a funny story. They were looking for an anecdote, and then they found the antidote. You know, uh, <laughs> so they find the antidote, and Claire shoots the rock, and she takes um, uh, Naomi Harris to the top. Um, anyways, well, it turns out the rock isn't dead um and naomi harris uh puts the the antidote she puts the antidote in uh claire's bag right all right it's it there's this sort of because they're trying to the rock and naomi harris are trying to figure out how to get the antidote into george and they concoct this plan which involves claire's murder Yes. Uh, wordlessly, they just yes. sort of do it like looking at one another and just like mm-hmm, and like nodding, <laughs> like something from Family Guy. Yes, and like all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I guess we're actually gonna be like murderers now. Yeah, and now in fairness, compared to like other characters who've been needlessly killed, like um, right, the, well, the British George lady picks uh, Claire up and like because he. I guess suddenly knows it's time to eat her now. Yes. (laughs) Like, well, well, the rock says, Hey George. And then George comes in, picks her up, takes her up literally over his chops and drops her down. And she, they have the overhead shot of her falling into his mouth. Yes. Um, and what were you going to say, Nate? Sorry. Well, I'm just saying it's, it's hard not to think about the the scene in Jurassic World where you know a woman is again, you know, eaten by a giant monster. The difference is is that this time it's been established that Claire is a very very evil person, and uh, you kind of don't feel bad for her in this case because she is evil. And, right. I and mean, she you know, was trying she was to trying kill to... the Rock. Yeah. She shot him. Yeah. And so she drew she brought blood. all of these monsters here. Yeah. I still think it's a little weird how they again have like a, a a woman being eaten. It's like the same exact camera angle from yeah. Jurassic World. Um and I mean yes, again she is she's established to be evil, but it still seems like I don't know, it's a pattern. Like I'm yeah. I don't. I'm not commenting on it yet, but I'm officially noticing it. Yeah. That it's like this is the second time this has happened in as many years. I mean, well. Yeah. Jurassic World was like three years ago, but yeah. almost the same. I think the thing this happened to Brie Larson in uh, Kong Skull Island as well. I mean, Kong saved her. Right. Like by reaching into the skull crawler's mouth, but the skull crawler. So there is a motif like, of her women well. being thrown into the maw of yeah. a giant animal. Yeah, and it's it's happening with these Warner Brothers. Like, well, I guess Jurassic World's universal, but it's yeah. it's it seems to be on the uptick. It seems like all these filmmakers just had the 
itch to sh- have this shot because <laughs> they've worked yeah. it into three separate f- unrelated films right in like five years yeah interesting <laughs> uh no comment here just noticing yes. it yeah it is happening repeatedly um so but melina eckerman is actually eaten uh and so she is out of the picture the rock in and this sequence is also really awesome uh he hops into this helicopter that's sort of like the tail of it is bent yes over part of the landing pad so it can't take off Mm -hmm. but what's happening is lizzie and ralph are also climbing up the sears tower this is all on top of the sears tower i don't know if that was made clear i think it was but um like the rock hops into this the the cockpit of this helicopter along with naomi harris and they are sort of like they start up the helicopter to in order to kind of glide it down as the building is falling over mm-hmm. and it's a really i mean it's a really awesome sequence and it's yes like, i don't know it's something that like also could have fit into like die hard six <laughs> if there were also monsters in Die Hard Six, which would actually be an improvement for believability from Die Hard Five, <laughs> so who knows? Um, but yeah, they crash and Sears Tower. The Sears Tower falls, and it takes a while to fall because it's one of the tallest buildings in the world. Yes, and afterwards, which yeah. Which so that makes that makes sense. Yes. And afterwards, like everyone's just sort of like dazed, and everything's covered in like uh, the dust from the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and the monsters continue fighting for a while. There's different parts of this, glorious. like basically George digests Melina Ackerman and like the little vial of the antidote or whatever, so he's not a like out of control rage monster mm-hmm. uh, a la jack nicholson if he's deprived of sweet sweet bourbon for more than three minutes uh but he's actually like retained his senses now he recognizes the rock he is like cooperating they're signing again yes and the rock's like we gotta team up to take these bad mothers down or whatever yeah and Naomi harris is runs away or like gets in a humvee and drives away to someplace safer uh and then yeah the rock and george like take on these other two monsters and it's pretty great yeah (laughs) i mean it's just it's it's monster carnage it's fighting betwixt the three of them and, and no no one's really on anyone's side it's like george is clearly against both of them but you know lizzie is not on ralph's side and ralph isn't on lizzie's side so it's just a a three-way fight and george has tried to take them both down um so eventually lizzie kills ralph like rips off his head and eats it graphically Um, and then and it's a- after Ralph flies through a building like a flying yes. squirrel style, yeah. like it's got you know membranes betwixt its legs, yes. which is just, you know. just like ro- ro- uh, Rocket like, J rock- Rocky or whatever. Well, yeah, Rocky and and again, exactly Rocket like Varan. 
Exactly like Vron. And even, like, I want to say Ralph has uh, spines kind of coming off the top of its head, not unlike the horns that Varan has. So I'm going to go with this conspiracy theory that whoever designed Ralph was, like, secretly a Varan fan. I Unlikely, but... Or a fan the of evidence is there. Winkle. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's enough evidence, Moose and Squirrel. Um, and now, here's something you'll really like. Um, and yeah, so Ralph gets decapitated by Lizzie. She just bites his head off. Yeah. And... <laughs> And then, oh, like, fucks with George for a while. George gets, like, impaled on something or injured in such a way. And then for, like, five minutes, it's just Lizzie versus The Rock. Yes. Who gets into <laughs> another helicopter. <laughs> well, let's let's not okay. speed past this. Let's, okay. Because this is only the second time this has ever happened in a kaiju movie. Yes. If, if you want to call this a kaiju movie, and I think the evidence is there. Uh, in, in Godzilla Final Wars, the mutants fought Ebera successfully yep. and successfully defeated Ebera. But yes. that was a team. There was yes. like I don't know, nine or ten of them at yep. least. And they had also they were mutants. Yeah. And in this movie it's just the rock who is to my and knowledge a launcher. Well yes, but to my knowledge he's just a man. Yes. <laughs> he's just one man who is attempting is. to fight Lizzie. <laughs> and Lizzie again just covered with husks and and you know horns and tusks and like a huge at this point like like the size of Anguirus from yeah. you know the show era Godzilla so it's like and just the rock kind of successfully fights <laughs> Lizzie for like five minutes I, it's yeah. insane I don't yeah. know. No, it's like the, crazy. the fact that like him and a grenade launcher. Yeah, yeah, because he he shoots her in the in the gills, which Lizzie, even though she's an alligator, she's developed gills. I don't I don't think alligators have gills. I may be wrong. No, they they just hold their breath. Yeah, I guess that's their way of explaining um, how she was able to stay underwater all that time, so nobody could see her. Stop um, thinking. Stop yeah. thinking. You dare. Don't you dare think. <laughs> I mean, and it must be said that, you know, Lizzie and Ralph both have, in an, in addition to gaining size, they also have weird David Cronenberg-like mutations. Like, you know, wolves can't fly like a flying squirrel. They can't shoot quills. All the shit that's happening with Lizzie, that's not what an alligator looks like. But George just goes from being a regular gorilla to a big gorilla. Yeah. So that's weirdly inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted that. That needed to be said. I mean, it's because it's George is the hero. That nothing yeah. really horrific happens to him. You know? Well, we need to be able to relate to him. So it's the gorilla, you know, so we feel closer to as a, I don't know, as a, as a spawning from the same great ancestor or whatever we we feel more in tune with apes as opposed to wolves yes. uh which we fear and hunt and alligators which we fear hunt and eat um delicious um and again i know i've already hit upon this but i just wanted to mention the fact that they are a little bit smaller in size does make it 
a little bit more applicable where you can put yourself somehow in George's shoes while he's fighting. You know, it's a little bit more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, things hurt him. It's not yes. like Godzilla where, like, all weapons are pointless <laughs> against yeah. him. It's like there's there's stakes, and you, you feel he's kind of getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, he gets shot a lot in the movie, and he heals pretty quickly. But once he starts fighting Lizzie, it's like, oh... He could yeah. definitely get killed here. Yeah. So that makes it more interesting. Um, there's more stuff where, like, the rock hops in a like a broken Blackhawk helicopter and shoots Lizzie with, I think, six missiles. Yeah. Uh, or rockets. Rockets. Um, after emptying like a 50 cal into her and does nothing, she's like That's a little bit more yeah. upset. Um, and George at one point breaks one of her tusks and is like stabbing her with it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you know, the rock, there's a point where like Lizzie is kind of like backing the rock up into a corner and trying to eat him somehow not doing it. And George finally jumps up and spears uh, Lizzie in the eye with like, uh, uh, looks like a flagpole that's been broken off or something. Yes. And uh, and finally kills Lizzie. Even though she does basically the same thing like a couple minutes earlier. Or sorry, George does basically the exact same move. Oh, he yeah. jumps up, I think, and hits her with like a dump truck in the face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost a safe shot. But... <laughs> uh, but so, so nice, you had yeah. to do it twice. Right. I mean, that's... It's like a video game. It's that's his power move. Yeah, so, <laughs> just why not? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and then so Lizzie is dead, and George kind of stumbles over, and the Rock comes over to George, and you know it's like, oh, you did it, buddy, and all this stuff, and, G- and George just sort of kind of smiles at him a little bit, but it's kind of a weak smile and. He kind of lies against the building and 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 fades away and, and dies, and it's it's a very heartfelt scene. Yeah. Uh, Naomi Harris is quick to come up to the rock and point out that, you know, he George specifically saved a lot of people. Yes. Not sure the logistics of that comment. I mean, I guess he yes. did stop Lizzie, and Ralph was killed by Lizzie, so I don't. Uh, also, you do see George once, like back when he was evil, like yeah. eating multiple people. Like there's yes. a show, there's a shot in the background where he's like punching into buildings and just taking humans out of the window and like tossing them into his mouth like they're like Oreos. Yes. <laughs> like cherry so, cola Oreos. You know, definitely killed some people too. Yeah. Like but, in the video um, game. Exactly like the video game, but um, but yeah, I mean, I guess she's like she's just trying to comfort the rock because her friend just died, and it's like, oh, it's like, yeah, I mean, he's dead and it's sad, but it kind of makes a little sense. It's this a little bit easier logistically now moving forward yeah. that having George dead, this is probably for the best. Mm-hmm. And then just before like you think the end credits are going to start, oh wait a minute, George was was goofing 
This yes. is another one of his very elaborate uh, pranks yes. on, on the rock. And he wakes up and he gives the rock the middle finger. He sees the rock standing next to Naomi Harris and he, he puts like the finger in the hole, like, I guess simulating like that's the sign for like intercourse or something. Yes. Coitus, please. My Coitus. Please. Sorry. Yes. Exactly. And it's like, so that's just out of nowhere and, and weird. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that George also is very well aware that Davis, um, it, you know, it, it, it briefly mentioned that one of the forgettable characters at the beginning of the movie was hitting on The Rock, and The Rock was just kind of brushed her off because, as he established, you know, he likes animals more than people. Not in a... Uh, <laughs> Not 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 in a Lionel Hutz way, but uh, <laughs> but he just he just is not big on human relations. Wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. now. Uh, I think you may be referring to Troy McClure. Oh yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Another Lionel Hutz, as body. far as we know, doesn't have any sort of bizarre sexual bestiality thing going on with fish. Yes, the same cannot yes. be said of Troy For McClure. Troy. <laughs> anyways we gotta wrap this up um yes. so anyway okay so, yeah the movie uh, ends it's implied that, <laughs> that davis now enjoys the company of human females right and, and the rock's name is davis i don't know davis. if we've said that but it's like it's the rock what, yeah. who cares uh and then the credits start and the obligatory sort of like montage is it's you know it's it's like every movie now, every one of these big blockbuster movies has like the James Bond titles at the end of the movie yes. where they show the title for the first time at the end of the movie because I guess it's not cool anymore to show the title at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. It's a trend that is really taking, you know, well, maybe, root, maybe whatever. what this was going to lead to is that the trailers will now be at the end of the movie like they used to be, which is why they're called trailers. There you go. <laughs> because they used How many to trail knew the that? It would come after the movie. Be like, oh, um, you uh, like this uh, movie by Republic? Well, good. Here's you know, 20 more movies, uh, all starring Roy Rogers, that you can watch. <laughs> all made in the last three months. <laughs> From the same ranch. <laughs> um, I do want to say, logistically, having George survive is not well advised. Look, he's he's like 50 or 60 feet tall now. He's eaten several people. So yeah. that's going to be awkward both from a digestive standpoint and also from a litigation standpoint of the family members of the people that he has literally devoured. Now, um, this could open the way for a delicious sequel that would work a lot like Gamera 3 of the uh, High Sai essay series, where you have a character that was wronged uh, by Gamera and thus seeks revenge. So if ah. they did make a sequel, I would actually be totally down if someone who was uh, a victim of said collateral damage actually wanted to, uh, you know, uh, kill George and you know summons an evil demon or something or one of the other rampage monsters um, to fight George and then uh, 
becomes the monster they hate and then learns to love George, you know, at the end, you know, some, something like that. Are you listening, Warner Brothers? Because I think we just wrote your sequel for you. Um, give me money. Give me money. So uh, this podcast has now been going on longer than the film in question. Yes. Sorry. Uh, we can understand if you no longer, you know, want to listen to the program. It's a smart decision. You know, still got to work through two of these uh, Netflix Godzilla movies, which are going to be a test. Um, (laughs) A test of everyone's wills and patience and mental strength. But um, you have been listening to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. We are still on Facebook. Um, Well, I mean, we originate from Podbean. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Please like and subscribe, comment if you like what's going on here. You know we appreciate your feedback. Um, and let's see. Um, as I mentioned, we do have a Facebook page, and if you come at it with a, a comment or whatever, myself or Nate will try to respond uh, as quickly as we can to that. Um, and we're also on Twitter at Michael Kelly, sorry, at Mike Kelly at Godzilla Pod War, something. Uh, it's on the Facebook page. We've got links to the Twitter thing on the Facebook page. It's all, it's all Facebook based now. <laughs> it's all falling apart. It's not a professional yes, thing apart. happening here anymore. It's a disgrace. Yeah. It's an no. embarrassment. It's it's I've awful. wasted we my should... life. So have you. We should both be ashamed of ourselves. Oh. What we have way done. Way ahead of you. Um, I guess in other sort of Godzilla-specific related news, a couple of things. The um, First of all, Godzilla uh, mobilization... Sorry. Godzilla mechanization of the mobile breeding city the second film in the Netflix deals that we were just referring to um, has been released in Japan and we don't know when it's going to be on Netflix, but as soon as it is, we're going to watch it and try to work through it and, and, and get that up. But also the teaser poster for the third film, which is also going to be released this year, uh, appeared very recently and the the translation for the title is Godzilla World Eater, I believe, mm-hmm. which is much more concise. Yeah, uh, and it sort of shows three sort of golden lines that are uh, intersecting and then kind of going back out. Which I mean, clearly, it's just it's just going to be Ghidra. Let's you know, it's Toho. Their love yeah. of Ghidra knows no no end. So uh I guess Godzilla's gonna be fighting Ghidra in Ghidra. this third one. Or it's so. gonna be fighting a new monster and we're gonna be like, Oh, look at this cool new monster and then it's gonna morph into Ghidra because nostalgia. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh additionally, and I don't know how to quite a- approach this news, um Toho has, just in the last couple of days, and this is May uh, 2018, 
announced that they are going to have a like a Marvel style shared universe for the kaiju. So like they're going to release an individual movie. Basically, they're just going to reset and they're going to act like like there's never been a standalone Mothra movie and they'll they're going to come out with like a Mothra movie and then like a Rodan movie and then another Godzilla movie. Um and basically just redo what they did in the 60s uh 50s and 60s and 70s. Yeah. So I don't know how to react to that news other than like this is not a new thing. This is yeah. like you've already done this once. Yeah. So it, everyone's like I don't know how this is a news story other than just saying like hey, they're going to continue making more Godzilla movies, which we already sort of knew. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess the the main caveat here is that, like, this is going to be a hard reboot. Even, I've heard Shin Godzilla is now going to be out of the continuity. That That's going to be a one and done. That's not going to be okay. revisited. And it's just going to be, like, okay, we're starting now. Where it's... Yeah. Now we're in this new universe. So, hey, if we can get another standalone Rodan movie out of it, I'm down. Um, that's it. I mean, I, I don't know. This is this is the first time you're hearing this, isn't it, Nate? Yeah. No. Uh, I, I I heard bits and pieces about Mobile Breeding City coming out. I think I saw a bit of a trailer or something, but none of it has been translated. So, you know. I don't like to speculate on something that I can't, you know, fully grasp. <laughs> yeah. Um, Who's to say we'll be able to fully grasp it once we watch it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, so. However. <laughs> however. So, yeah. Basically, the takeaway there is there's going to be many, many more Godzilla movies. There's no escape. There's no way out of this for either of us. No. But anyways, I I guess, any any closing thoughts? Well, Mike, uh, you know, just apropos of just uh, better movies, I'd say in between, uh, what, Avengers, Infinity War, and uh, Deadpool 2, I just say it feels good to be just rolling in the brolin. I Look, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but let's just say I've lost my mind. We're at two hours and six minutes. Let's <laughs> let's just say that if you're in the mood to see one of the best movies based on a video game ever made, yes, definitely watch uh, Rampage. Yes, and that's all. That's all I yeah. have to say about it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> it was fun. It was good. You know, probably won't buy the DVD, but if it uh, came to Netflix and I just happened to have a bottle of uh, Maker's Mark (laughs) next to me, I I could watch it again. (laughs) All right. And hopefully you guys are at the end of your 24 pack of (laughs) 
Milwaukee's best or whatever now. <laughs> oh, okay, boy. Yeah. That monkey is going to pay.
despite all my rage, I am still 